children of God, I'm back with another conversation with the Lord. Attention, shepherds, attention, people of God. Shepherds, open your eyes to God's people, please. Look out among the congregation and really see them. Who do you see? What do you see about them? Are you looking? If you're at home listening to this podcast, can you picture your congregation? I know you can. But there's a group that you have forgotten. You're probably saying, well, who have I forgotten? They're the ones standing on their feet with canes. They're the ones standing on their swollen legs and swollen feet, holding on to their walkers. That group. And yet you still make demands for them to stand some more. There was a time, remember, When you used to say, all those that can stand, stand. But now, you make demands. Saying things like, God's been good to you. So everybody, please stand. Show God how much you love him. Press your way to stand. Just stand on your feet. God will bless you. So, out of respect, honor, and obedience to you, Pastor, they endure the pain to sit down and stand up, stand up and sit down, stand up and wave their hands, wave them hands higher and higher. And then you say something like, get them up, get them up, get them up. Like they're cattle. And as painful as it is for them, they do just that. They get them up. And guess what? They already know what misery They're going to suffer when they get home. They didn't take the appeal for arthritis. Because when they left home, they didn't think that they would be gone that long. They didn't think they would need the arthritic medicine. Because they didn't think that they were going to have to do arm and leg stretches. Not at 70, 80, and 90 years old. They thought, surely pastor won't make me stand and raise my arthritic hands beyond what I can bear, not pastor. Well, that was a pastor of a long time ago. 
That was a pastor that was humble and compassionate and would not have made those demands. But this is a different pastor. This pastor right here has gotten bigger, has got changing robes for every Sunday. He's on a different level. So, yes, he expects you to stand on those swollen legs. Even though you just had hip surgery, he's not giving you a pass. He says, God's been good to you. So stand up and show God how good he's been to you and how much you appreciate him. Give God some praise. They're on a different level now. But I say to you, shame on you, pastor. Shame on you, elder. Shame on you, bishop. You see, they were wrong when they thought that you would not do it. But the pastor that you are today has become ruthless and selfish and extremely demanding. The proof is in the pudding. You see, this pastor right here can't see the pain on your face. This pastor right here stopped caring a long time ago. He stopped caring when he got big. She stopped caring when she got big. When they became known. When they became somebody. They stopped caring about the sheep. Hmm. A shepherd <clears throat> takes care of the sheep, protects the sheep. A shepherd, talking about a good shepherd, a real shepherd, is careful and attentive to the sheep. What prompted me to cry out to the Lord the way I did? I did this on Sunday. What prompted me was when I listened to someone sing one song, 15 minutes. May have been a little bit more. But after 15 minutes, I couldn't stand it anymore. Same song over and over while the people stood on their feet, swaying. Arms raised, eyes closed. Then I saw some that just simply sat down. Actually, they plopped down. But the pastor kept right on going. The pastor never said to the psalmist, Enough. Enough already. Let the people be seated. Let them sit down. They've had enough. He didn't say that. He didn't say to them, 
Fifteen minutes is a long time to sing one song over and over and over again. I listened to that and I watched it. And I said to the Lord, for what reason? What reason did they sing that long? What were they trying to accomplish? The people had already given the pastor what he wanted. Many had already run a few laps around the church. Some had even already fallen out in various parts of the sanctuary. And yet, the singing of the same song continued. I watched it until I could no longer tolerate seeing the abuse. That's what I called it. I called it abuse because it looked to me like sheer abuse. It looked to me like it was deliberately done. I hollered out, Jesus, Jesus, make them stop. Please, Jesus, make them stop. Make them see the people. Make them look at the people. The people are worn down. That's what I said. But I had tears in my eyes. My heart was broken. I was hurt. I was angry. I had a range of emotions. Just seeing the abuse. Then the Holy Spirit spoke. One word, he said. Selfish. That's what he said. Selfish. The Holy Spirit began to speak, and I began to write. Actually, he, he was speaking so many things to me that I could not write fast enough. So I put it all on voice memo because he was speaking so fast. I wanted to say to him, slow down, slow down, let me catch up. I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, where is the respect for the people? Especially the seniors. Because that's where my focus was. My focus was on the seniors. After sitting and standing and standing and sitting. Many of them having to go to the restroom. But out of respect and honor for you, Pastor. They held themselves. And they trusted in the protection of their depends. Do you hear me? They trusted in, in the protection of their depends. After sitting and standing and standing and sitting, they held themselves. They sat from 10 o'clock in the morning to 3 p.m. And those wet depends because of you. 
because of you. Open your eyes. Why can't you see them? The cane and the wheelchair should tell you something. When they were finally released to sit down, you saw them hobble out with that wet spot on the back of their pretty church suit. You saw it. You didn't address it. You looked away from it. But for sure you saw it. Even the older men sometimes were wet, wet on themselves. Because they had been sitting and standing, standing and sitting. But you didn't even send an usher out behind them to cover them as they hobble out. You didn't even have someone go in behind them to help clean them off or clean them up. You just kept right on running, scream preaching, and doing you. Being the king of the castle. You didn't even look at them. You looked past them. They were wet. They were embarrassed. They were stained. They were limping. They were hobbling. They were weak. But you kept right on running and scream preaching and doing you. Being the king of the castle. You didn't want to see that wet spot on the floor. You didn't want to see that puddle that was on the floor. You didn't want to see that spot on the back of their clothes. And you didn't want to see that the chair that they sat in was wet, soaking wet. This word right here, I sat on this for a long time. I simply refused to say anything until I was released to do so. Now I'm released. The Lord's timing is always the best time. Why he made me wait so long, I can't tell you. But I've wanted to yell it out from the rooftop since 2020. Why is it that these seniors show more respect and honor for you than you do for them? You watch them sit and squirm in their seat from 10 o'clock in the morning until 3 p.m. That's not a pastor that has the heart of God. It's not. Remember, he said, I will give you pastors after my own heart. That's not you. That evil, selfish, greedy spirit is not of God.
that evil, selfish, greedy, demanding spirit is not of God. You're not a demon. I'll give you that. But to do the things that you do and say the things that you say, you clearly are under demonic influence. But I'm not going to say that you are a demon. You've had these people here, these precious seniors. You've had them in your presence since 10 a.m. Some of them, most of them, are on medication of some sort. And they need to take their meds. But they need food in order to do so. But here we are. It's already way past lunchtime. It's almost 3 p.m. Some of them needed a snack. Some of them needed orange juice. But they had none of those things. When they were finally released from your hold to go to the restroom, (laughs) I marvel at you because you didn't even look up. You don't make eye contact with them because you just might see them limping. You just might see them stumble when they get up after having sat in one spot for hours on end. Again, you won't look at them because you just might be forced to see that puddle on your floor that they made on the floor when you made them stand so long. Shame on you, little king. Little king wannabe. Shame on you, little queen wannabe. Wake up, Usher. Wake up. Shame on you. Didn't you see the wet spot on the back of their clothes? And you still just sat there looking up in pastor's face, dancing your hips off and screaming to the top of your lungs. Shame on you, little shame face. Shame on you, pastors. Shame on you, bishops. First lady, shame on you. Shame on you mothers for not speaking up. Shame on you. Listen, these seniors needed to go to the restroom, but they didn't. You know why? You know why, Pastor? Because they did not want to dishonor you. They did not want to walk while you were preaching. They didn't want to walk while you were dancing. While you were screaming to the top of your lungs. They did not want to dishonor you. And yet, you dishonor them. 
by making them hold themselves with a full bladder. Why aren't you ashamed? Why are you not ashamed to have them sit in church from 10 o'clock in the morning until 3 p.m., sitting in one spot without their medication? 70 years old, 80 years old, some almost 90 years old. And you made them sit in one spot. You made them stand on their feet with their hips hurting, their knees hurting, aching, their legs swollen. You did that from 10 o'clock in the morning until 3, sitting in one spot with the circulation almost gone in their legs. Listen, your preaching is not powerful enough to substitute for the food that they needed to sustain them. And because your anointing is not what it used to be, and it's not, if they had passed out or had a diabetic seizure, what could you do? You don't have that kind of power to even revive them if they passed out. Not anymore. Not anymore. I heard the Holy Spirit say the word selfish. I'm so ashamed that I had to hear that. I'm glad he spoke. I'm glad he told me what the problem is. But I'm still so ashamed that I had to hear it. I'm so ashamed that you have lost respect for the people. Do you not know that that's abuse? To make your people sit from 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock, 10 o'clock in the morning to 3 p.m., And hard chairs for five hours straight. That's abuse. That's church abuse. That's senior abuse. That's people abuse. That's children abuse. That's just straight abuse. To me, that's as cruel as a man beating his wife and children. Why did you need that kind of attention? What is it about you that you need that kind of attention for that long period of time? And you wonder why the children, after five hours of straight sitting, are restless? Five hours in one place. You wonder why they are restless and crawling under the chairs and touching people and aggravating people. And are just totally a nuisance in the church house. Well, wonder no more. 
after five hours straight. We're talking about a five-hour stretch. They are too tired. They too are tired. They are children, for goodness sake. They're restless. They're hungry. They're sleepy. And some just want to do what children do. They want to play. They want to talk out loud. They want to laugh. They want to run. Open your eyes. Open your eyes and behold these mothers and their children. You may get angry with the mothers for letting their children play and and carry on in church. Because I do believe that what the mothers are saying is they are only going to sacrifice but so much for you. They're probably saying, what kind of tyrant are you? I'm giving you all that I have. I'm not going to sacrifice my children. Pastors, bishops, you have breastfeeding mothers who need to nourish their babies in private, but they can't. Babies and toddlers need to crawl. They need to play. They need to run around. Because after doing a five-hour stretch, it's time for them to just be children. Decency and order should prevail in every aspect of our lives. The church should be no exception. I was going through the Bible to find who it was that preached so long that the person fell out of the, went to sleep and fell out of the window. Well, it turned out that it was the great Apostle Paul. The Bible said that there sat in a window a certain young man named Eutychus being fallen into a deep sleep as Paul was long preaching. And the man fell down from the third floor loft and was taken up dead. But let me go back just a ways because it gives us who the preacher was, which was Paul, and the name of the person that he preached half to death, which was Eutychus. And he gives us the reason why Eutychus fell to his death. It says that Paul, this is what the Bible said, it's not me. The Bible said that Paul was long preaching means he was preaching too long and the man fell down he, he fell asleep but the Bible said not just sleep he fell into a deep sleep Paul preached the man into a deep sleep so when the member falls asleep on you what have you done what kind of progress have you made the man, he preached so long, the man just fell asleep. 
but into a deep sleep. Almost as if to say he was unconscious. And the man fell down from the third floor loft. It was taken up dead. And Paul went down and fell on him. And embracing him said, trouble not yourselves, for his life is in him. You can read this for yourself in Acts 20. Verses 9 through 10. My question is, and my question when I read that many years ago, and as I reread it on Sunday, what was the purpose of that? If I could, I would ask Paul, what was the purpose of that? What was the purpose of that long preaching? The man fell asleep on you. The man no longer heard anything you said. But that was not enough for you to look out and see that the man was asleep. He wasn't getting anymore. He wasn't hearing anything. But you wouldn't stop, Paul. You just kept on going. Is that what you're after, pastor, elder, bishop? Is that what you're after? Are you trying to prove that if one of your sheep die? From a diabetic seizure. From not having taken their medication. That you too can just breathe life back into them. Is that what you're trying to prove? Well, you're not going to prove that. Because the Holy Spirit said. You're just plain selfish. Don't know what Paul's motive was, but the Holy Spirit gave the answer for your motive. Selfish. And besides, you don't possess Paul's power. Preaching, that long preaching, there's no Jesus in that. There's no Holy Ghost in that. Paul talked on and on and on until the man became overcome with a deep sleep. Open your eyes. Open your eyes if you would. Because if you would, you would see that the people are wrung out. They're just plumb exhausted, dehydrated. And plumb tired of your much talking. But no one would dare to say it. I didn't. Until the Lord released me to do it. Nobody should preach that long. What is the purpose? Other than as the Holy Spirit said. Just selfish. You are not the Apostle Paul. Your life is not of such that you can breathe life back into anyone. You haven't done it. In all these many years, you haven't done it. And if you continue living a selfish life, being nothing more than an entertainer in the house of God, lording over God's heritage, mishandling God's people, 
and refusing to be accountable to anyone. No one can tell you anything. Forgetting that there is no authority except from God. And the authorities that do exist are appointed by God. If you don't believe me, read it. Read it for yourself in Romans 13.1. He is the only authority. And you are abusing the authority that he's appointed to you. But know this. And I lie to you not. Remember I said I could not say anything to you. Until God released me to do so. Know this. If you continue on. In abusing God's people. In abusing your authority. God will stop you. God will stop you. God will stop you. It will fall upon a day. That you will be stripped and your shame will be seen among the people. And your name will become a byword, a scorn, and a hissing among your peers. God will stop you. God is not pleased with the abuse. Whether the seniors pray or not, whether they ask God to stop you or not, God sees it. And God knows that to make them sit five hours, five long hours in their condition without you even giving a thought to it. God will stop you. Did you forget that you are supposed to represent the image of God? But you are arrogant, controlling, and manipulating. You're arrogant, you're controlling, you're manipulative. Even while you speak in tongues. Flaunting yourselves and calling folk out to intentionally embarrass them in, into salvation. How do you embarrass someone into salvation? Embarrassing them in public to keep them tethered to your church. God will. Just like the song said, God will take care of you. For real. God will take care of you in this matter. He will fix it. He will handle you. He will deal with you accordingly. I pray that you are listening. And I pray that you will take heed. Listen. Listen. The attributes of God is that he is merciful. God is compassionate 
and God is full of love. There's no love in this. There's no mercy in what you're doing. To have a senior sit and do a five-hour stretch, knowing that they need medication, knowing that they need to eat food to take their medication, knowing that they are wet as a newborn baby sitting in that chair. There's no mercy in that. There's no compassion in that. There's no love in that. Hey, God. So I caution you now. Stop it. Cease and desist today. Cease from your wicked ways. Cease from lording over those that God has entrusted to your charge. Entrusted you to be an example to them. Open your eyes. Open your eyes and see the people. Stop overtaxing their little checks. They pinch off of that little money because they say, Gotta give Pastor his. Gotta give Pastor his. And you won't even take them home. You won't even make sure that the soaking wet person is okay getting on the mobility van. They're soaking wet. They already have a wet stain on their pretty little suit. The men already have a wet stain on their pants, the back of their pants. But you don't have a, you won't send a man out, you won't send a deacon out to take care of him, to cover him, so that he's not walking in shame. You won't send another mother out to, to cover her, so that she's not walking in shame. And your usher's too busy in your face to do her job or to do his job. You are deliberately overtaxing that little money they get. You're deliberately eating up their time to prevent them from visiting another church. That's why you do it. That's the motive behind it. Shame on you. Shame on you, manipulating pastor. Shame on you, manipulating bishop. Shame on you, manipulating elder. Shame on you. You're probably saying... Prophetess Hill is mad today. Yes, she is. I've been watching this since 2020. Actually, before 2020. But I've been sitting on it until the Lord said okay. 
I'm so glad he gave me the okay. I'm so glad that he released me to say it. I do believe that I've seen more begging, manipulating pastors than I ever have. Listen. You're not using the money for the upbuilding of the kingdom. You're just upbuilding your church. You're just upbuilding your individual building. Not the kingdom of God. The Lord is saying, Behold your little sheep. Behold your little lamb. The Lord is asking the same question that he asked Peter. Do you love me? Pastor, do you love me? Mm, God. Elders, do you love me? Bishops, do you love me? Do you still love me? And you're saying, I do, Lord. Yeah, I do. You know I do. He says, then feed my sheep. Then feed my lamb with good food. Feed them with the nourishment that I provide for them. Feed them until they are full. Take care of my sheep. Take care of my little lamb. I gave them to you. I did. I did that. Not for you to take ownership of them. I didn't give them to you for you to become a master over. To take ownership but to become responsible for them, to nourish them, to protect them from the wolves. From the wolves, I say. But lo and behold, you turn out to be the wolf. You turn out to be the wolf. They need protection from you. I chose you because you were humble. You were. When I first pulled you out of darkness, translated you out of darkness over into your marvelous over into the marvelous light. And you were loving on me, singing there's none like me. Oh how I love Jesus. You were humble then, but not so much today. Today, you're behaving like a cult leader. Today, you're arrogant. Today, you're controlling and demanding, selfish and greedy in a sneaky way. 
in a manipulative way. Stop fleecing my sheep. Stop manipulating my sheep. Stop trying to psych them out. Listen. Everybody that comes into your building, Pastor, is not for you. But you won't let them go. You latch on to them like an octopus and make them yours. You don't have the food for every sheep. Everyone that walks through your door is not supposed to be in your pasture. You've become greedy, said the Lord, and selfish and arrogant and cultish. Woe to the pastors that destroy and tear the sheep of my pasture, said the Lord. Your blood did not purchase my people. They were purchased with my blood. Open your eyes and your heart. Go back and remember how you felt when you first got saved. You were so happy that God translated you out of the hell and the darkness that had you wrapped up and tied up in knots. You were so happy. You were simple then. And all you wanted to do was run home and tell somebody, anybody, everybody, that God saved you. That was the most important thing in your life. What happened to you? What happened to that person? You don't make people want Jesus Christ anymore. They run from you. And they run from Jesus because of you. For years after you got saved, you didn't know anything about wearing a robe. You didn't have a certificate on your wall. You were still wearing your filthy garments. Now, after all of that, after all that God brought you through and took you out of, you have the audacity to manipulate the mind of people You, you have the audacity to lord over people, to become a king over the sheep of the pasture. Go back and remember. Remove the crown off of your head, the one that you gave your own self. And remember how you felt when people tried to control you. And manipulate you. Shame on you pastors. Shame on you elders. Bishops. Ushers. Shame on you mothers. Yeah. Shame on you mothers. For forgetting who you are in the Lord. Forgetting your authority. You raised children already. Some of you helped raise your grandchildren. You know how to mother. But with pastor, you don't want to offend. 
You don't want to offend pastor. You don't want to disobey pastor. You don't even let your children talk to you like that. You don't let your grandchildren treat you like that. So why are you allowing pastor to dishonor and to disrespect you and treat you like a child? Shame, shame, shame on you, mother, for not saying to him, no more. You're going to respect me or I won't be here. When are you going to say that? Then give him what God says about how he would give you pastors after his own heart. You're not dead yet. Loose your own tongue and speak up. And purpose in your heart never ever to go home wet like a newborn baby ever again. Shame on all of us for taking it this long. Shame on us. The anointing is leaving me now. But now that I've told you, we're all without excuse. Now go and fix it, pastors, bishops, ushers, elders, mothers. Go and fix it. Go and sin no more. God bless you. All of you, all of us, God bless you real, real, real good. Amen.